Naked Cowboy net net worth worth. Love those net worth searches. I'm gonna go one one hundred fifty k. My where am I over under? Where am I at? Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. Hey, you fuck up a port now and again. Oh, oh do I ever? Welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. I'm Casey. I'm Hans. And we're coming at you hot and ready. Rushed and ready, as usual. Rushed and ready. Oh, yeah. Always. Good to go, man. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Yeah? Spent some time in the woods. It was nice. Yeah, a little shack in the woods. A little shack in the woods. Did some hiking. Did a lot of swimming. Ooh. Lake? Lake swim? Yeah. Good old man-made lake swim. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. They fill that baby with carp. Oh, yeah. There's there's some fish in there. Oh, yeah. Gross. <laughs> it's like, and of course, like, we got really lucky because we looked at the forecast and it was like, oh, good. It's going to rain the whole time we're there. But then the, the rain broke. So we're like, yeah. Nice. It, but it was beautiful. It was like 62 was the high. So that lake was frosty every morning. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> And then getting told, stop, stop, <laughs> oh. goofing, stop. And I was like, then get in. Right. Then get in with me and see. It's like getting in the shower with a sunburn. <sighs> oh, no, it's like totally. having to do the cold water just to cool that skin so it doesn't, so it stops that, stops that temperature from rising. That's what gets you, that flex. You gotta flex when it first Holy hits. Shit. Just tighten up. Uh, did you, you should just jump, but come on. Yeah. I'm Did not that brave. Touch anything that uh, gave you the willies, you know? Something under the water, something deep. Little oh, algae. It, it, it's that man-made lake, so it's just no beaches, except for a couple, you know, and that's just a, they chopped the fucking, it's like a Compesca beach. They just bouldered the rubble, and so it's just pebble beach. Sure. Uh, and then just the thickest seaweed. You get the, ah, the leg. No, thanks. Um... You talked about Compesca. There was a place they had to have taken it down called Sandy Shores where we grew up. Do you recall oh, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had the metal like playground slides going into the lake. Did you experience Oh my this? god, yes. The like hottest surfaces on the planet. So hot, so rusty. You had to pour a little water down it to cool it down. And barely cooled it down, and it had no, barely any lip on the side, like an inch of lip. And you were going in. It's a slide in the lake that you can climb the ladder, so it didn't go too far into the lake. Don't get me wrong, it was fun, but so dangerous. For anyone who hasn't, which is most people, hasn't spent a nice summer afternoon at the beautiful Lake Campesca, as I was hinting at, the shore has a, like okay incline out to the water so you gotta hoof it a ways okay where you're hitting like waist deep water sure so this slide Hans is talking about is only getting you in like three inches of water and then underneath that three inches is nothing but jagged rock sharpest jagged slippery rock like it's it's the perfect mix of both yeah but luckily you know it was so hot and sticky, you know, like the water you would pour down it with a cup would evaporate by the time you got to the bottom. 
So Just your sizzling. skin would stop you from like, you know, uh, full submerge, submersion. Oh, man. But that was a fun. They called it Sandy Shores because it was the only um, lake in Watertown. There was Lake Pelican. Lake Compesca mm-hmm. and then Sandy Shores because somebody just dumped trucked some sand over those rocks. So it was yeah, some of that big was, city sand, <laughs> big city sand drop. Uh, <laughs> but it was all an illusion, right? Aqua socks must in. Uh, oh, you had to or just old sneakers. You saw. Oh, that's what we had. Yeah, the aqua just sock an old craze pair, old, didn't hit old us. pair of dad sneakers. Time extra tight. That's right. Now that you gotta have yeah something underneath, otherwise you're slipping and you're in trouble. Ooh, you know how, uh, did you ever like visit a friend or, uh, or family or whatever that lived at a lake and they had a dock? So like a dock on a lake? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, yeah, yeah. Nothing scarier than being under a dock. Cause you want it, you're oh, yeah. hanging, you gotta, but you, you're going, you're going there eventually. Cause you're running on, I jump off five, six times and you're like, where's my next bump? Where's Where am I move? getting that next kick of adrenaline? And you're like going under that dock. Dark echoey big time algae hit Oof, man that's that's bold <laughs> lake people love it I always wanted to like nothing like if you're gonna have a lake house i'm only thinking of the lake we grew up on which mm-hmm. was a pretty big lake the yeah. best lake houses were the shittiest lake houses oh man totally. those were so fun usually those like little sh- like two room shacks you know they were built like in between a war or world war or two yeah no permits you're just like it's just utilitarian and it's like you go there to sleep and cook food out of the rain and then every other time you're out yeah in the water or the wilderness it was a lot of fun yeah um so you hit the lake the lake uh did some hiking okay harvey loved the lake she's crazy like got her a life vest she just she can swim now basically nice like she just had it, uh. So that was fun. She liked that, and then we did a lot of hiking. And it just like she's <laughs> she likes the going down. And then we hit the bottom of that trail, and she's like, "Daddy, pick me up." Oh, no. yeah, of course. And yeah. it's like okay. So we're dumb doing dad this. Is trucking <laughs> one arm, switching arms, just like <laughs> just like an old steam engine. It's good to know you're an arm switcher, too, because I always feel a little bit um, emasculated after a few walks. I'm like, I, I'm not a man. I can't lift my child without having to do an arm switch. I would. I, I did probably more than I should safety wise. Like I had it hoisted on the shoulders. Sure. But it's just like treacherous terrain. It's like rock steps that have been worn through the ages. So it's in essence the slide you went down. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> or like rock formations. And I'm like, Harvey, we're tilting. Hold on. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, I had a, uh, I w- wasn't in a lake, but um, speaking of bad dads, uh, Ruby was in a hot tub with me at my brother's house, a jacuzzi. And it's got the mm-hmm. seats around the jacuzzi, which obviously uh-huh. she stands on that. You know, it comes up to her chest yeah. or whatever. But you take a step off that step, you're going under. And it just took like, it just took, and she knows to stay on the step or she goes like on the side and like Ace Ventura style, like kind of hangs on it, moves from step to step. But all it took was me to like, look the other way once and then look back. And she was just, just stepped and just the terrified look on her face, obviously, because just a stone. 
I snagged her. And then the look changed from terrified to like, who are you right now? Like, why did you let that happen? <laughs> Here I am, your child, and you allowed me to fall underneath. Oh, no, man. Harvey had a similar experience because she would climb up onto the pontoon, which you just, you go to an area, you throw your anchor down, and that thing is just drifting. Yep. So you're swimming, you're like, we gotta go, guys, come on! Um, and she was, like, climbing up the ladder and kept trying to jump off. And one time I caught her, to which she pushed me underwater. Of course. And she stayed head above and was like, this is the greatest game I have ever had. So she just kept doing it. And I'd move away and she'd get further. And we were like, Harvey, stop. Harvey, stop. Harvey, stop. And she was just like, this is awesome. So I was like, I had to play the dumb dad card. I went. No one help her. Let her jump. That weight from that top of that ladder, you're going under for a bit, and you're probably not going to like it. Just boom. One, two, three. (sighs) Took that game off the table. But she did. She was like, I was going to (laughs) die. Yeah. I mean, she was. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. I took Ruby out in the ocean last week, and uh, perfect, like she finally was coming out with the waves were hitting, it's so fun. Obviously, the water down here, it's not lake water, like in the summer, the ocean is bath water, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Boom, oh, wave yeah. hits, jellyfish right across her whole chest. Oh, no! <laughs> Missed oh. me perfectly. Of course, Just that's water. okay. So there you go. So now, perfect timing for her to be... She actually doesn't care. I got stung by a jellyfish last year, and I was like, yeah. I'm not going in for a month. It stings. <laughs> she was she was pretty Trooper. good. Yeah, after it, wants to go back in. So I'm the wimp. I'm the arm-changing dad that wants to avoid sea creatures. Oh, yeah. Speaking of sea creatures, you seen Luca yet? I was just that was about to be a question. I was like, how many times you watched Luca in the last week? Uh probably about ten times. Ra- oh, is yeah, it easy. is it racist against sea monsters? Well, of course it's racist against of sea our, monsters. A- our Italian brethren. I'm thinking our Italian brethren. They get a they get away with a a hot accent quite a bit on that. I I gotta say, I love that rat face villain. My favorite. Just He's so the wispiest good. mustache. The best. The Big old Romanesque schnoz. Oh, I, yeah, I like him too. Um, uh, great movie. Uh, uh, again, sad one. Of course. They know how to get you. Yeah, absolutely. Get you in the sheet, right in the seashells. They, uh, uh, I think there was a, com- first of all, I don't actually think it's racist, um, but there was a <laughs> conversation, and I think... They, the way the um, current climate is, they had to have board meetings. They're like, all right, these accents are real heavy, heavy Italian, mm-hmm. even though it's yeah, in yeah. fucking Italy, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the mm-hmm. two factors I think they had to, ch- like, not change, but they go, all right, we can green light this, but you better put this shit in the 40s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because. I love that, that period. Because I was like, it's not modern, but it's not old. It just has that perfect analogous post-World War Two, Could be 60s, could right. be 40, 1945. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is, and this is unlike Pixar, which is what makes me think they had to kind of go with it, other than Jim Gaffigan's one line, 
Sasha Baron Cohen's one line, and then um, uh, who's Sasha Baron Cohen? He's the weird looking uncle. Oh, got you the jellyfish uncle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and um, yeah. again, cool. yeah, you wouldn't know because he only has a couple lines. And then um, my Rudolph is is, the uh, mom. is a yeah. is a principal character. The mom. Everybody else is straight, either Italian or Italian American actors. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Pixar is pretty much known for flooding the cast with, you know, names. So yeah. I think yeah, they yeah. were like, mm, we want to go Italian accent. We better go with we go hard Italian. We better go with some Enricos. No, loved it. Loved it. I did too. Uh, And yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it a bunch. So we watched that a ton. And then one other thing, I made a note of it because I was like, I forgot about this. Um, And because we were in this cabin, we didn't really have cell phone reception and like no internet. So we just packed a bunch of movies, downloaded some stuff on the uh, iPad. And then Ash found this cool uh, thing for the Sesame Street 50th anniversary. Okay. She ordered it, and I thought it was going to be the special that was like hosted with James Corden. But it was actually cooler. It's just two discs. It's like six hours, five, six hours. Just they picked the best bits. Oh, so it, like, cool. It starts in the 70s, and they just play the hot, hot ones. The hot all licks. the way through the modern age, no, no talking head, no nothing. So it's awesome. It's just the best of the best. So we were had one disc in it was all the early stuff with Big Bird, mm-hmm. which you don't, you don't. He's not really in the show much anymore. That that I have seen in the newer episodes. Oh right, he's there, but it's not like he's not the who we follow every week. Right, he Tracy or uh, or uh, I forget his his um the guy that was in the suit. Who was in the suit forever? Yeah. He died like last year or two years ago. So oh, maybe they, right. maybe they kind of, uh, yeah, because leaned away Ash from him. Yeah, about it because I remember the OG cast. Oh yeah, you know Bert, Ernie, Snuffleupagus, Oscar, Bird, Oscar, Vampire, all of the or whatever. <laughs> oh, the, the count, count. <laughs> you know, and all the bits, and then Murray. You got oh, yeah. Murray. You got sure. a lot of time. Grover was the heavy. Grover got. Grover. That's the thing; they all sort of got like phased out. Like they're still part of the the show, but like I'll hop around and play episodes for Harvey, and like the newer ones, it's all the newer Muppets. Yeah. So I was like, somebody just was like, Jim Henson ain't getting his paycheck. No. I want the new the new monsters. Uh, so the old ones were all like Big Bird focused. And they were like, they were really good. And I was just laughing because I was like, Big Bird is a fucking agent of chaos, fucking <laughs> Joker style. Really? Because he's always atting people. Because they did a bit, like, I forgot the joke was, Snuffleupagus was his imaginary friend. And okay. no one believed him. They're like, Big Bird, you fucking liar. <laughs> no such thing as Wooly Mammoth anymore. And he was constantly trying to, like, no, I'm telling you, my friend, and every the you know classic bit. He's right here, and then Snuffy is gone because he went to go you know eat basketballs or something. Right. So they had one these these bits were back to back. One was where they finally reveal that Snuffleupagus is an actual character, and I didn't realize this. The part of their decision making for that was Ashley told me this. The writing they were like. 
we need to teach kids like if something is happening to you and adults don't believe you like you need to keep telling you because they were like what we're doing is like telling people to like hide abuse inadvertently right you need to say some if you believe something if something's happening say something so they reveal it and snuffy comes out big bird is just atting these people like i told you i told you and they all have to kiss his ass and then the next bit is just the group of all the adults and they're just talking okay and i was like this this bit is fucking genius because big bird's just there like what are you talking about and they're like, and I was like, this is just like a, a my kid. We're just having a conversation with adults, and they explain what adult conversations are. And he's like, I'm just going to, I want to talk too. And they're like, well, you need to listen to what we're Don't saying. Don't interrupt. You're allowed to come in. So after they like put him in his place and they keep talking and he's like, what is politics? And they're like, oh, you, okay. Son okay. of a bitch. Yeah. Like, we're, we're going to talk and you can just do your game or whatever so big bird fucking turns around leaves and they continue chit-chatting comes back and gives everybody a drawing he did it's a portrait Mm -hmm. of each member of everyone that's conversing and then the last one is he fucking drops it like a fucking trump card it's fucking mr roper dead roper (laughs) exactly and they're all like uh big bird roper's uh dead and I was just like, he said, they wouldn't let him fucking talk, so he <laughs> left, came back, and then made them all feel like shit. Yeah, he dropped a bomb in that conversation. He just was like, oh, what's what does dead mean? When's he coming back? I want to give him his picture and everybody. I think the, all the actors did such a great job, because they all were, like, sad. Right, <laughs> like, of course. They were just having, they were talking about the Yankees. And all of a sudden, now we're going to talk about how Mr. Roper's dead. Big Bird also sounds like pandemic guy who everybody's like <laughs> we're we're coming out of it fuck i don't have to wear a fucking mask in walmart i got vaccinated life is good mm-hmm. and they're like some people can't get vaccinated because they they're either. amputees or whatever <laughs> yeah and, yeah and they're like you know so i'm gonna keep wearing my mask it's like oh yeah that's fair and there's a delta variant one oh, yeah just saying it's like fuck dude like <laughs> come just on funny. Don't breathe. I'm just six feet back then, bro. That's it. Six feet. That's it. Come on. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's there is something to be said about. And look, I, for people being cautious, that's me being a prick. But it's like, mm-hmm. I guess it. Yeah. But there's one thing to be said for. All right. If you are following the guidelines, which a lot of people didn't do and, and shame mm-hmm. on them. This thing went way longer than it should and potentially could go longer than it should. Mm-hmm. But the same people that are like. The fucking people that know, the scientists are telling us to wear a mask and stay six feet apart, so I'm fucking doing that shit. But now, the same exact people are like, yeah, stay six feet apart, and you don't have to wear a mask if you've been vaccinated. So Mm -hmm. why is it like that now, they're just like, well, I think I'll just keep it. Now they don't trust, like, now that, right? There's something to be said for that. I'm getting caught in that loop that mindset like right um which like it's so it's it sucks i mean at some point you have to have either faith in the what you've done like have faith in your fellow human beings whether they're vaccinated or not to like make or you just have to have this like 
ar- armor. You know what I mean? The, your mask and the, your goggles and the face mask and the right. Yeah, it, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to sound like uh, like uh, uh, what's like anti. Like I, you know, wear a fucking mask. But uh, it is. It is some. There is something to be said where you're like, I took the steps. I got vaccinated. I got sick mm-hmm. for a couple of days. Uh, now I don't have to wear a mask, you know, uh, out, outside or like, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, ugh. I don't think you should wear one on a sunny day, sunny summer day. Right. But right. like the children's museum in Columbus has opened up and we haven't gone back yet. But yeah. Ash and I have talked about it. We're like, when we go, we're still wearing a mask. Hell yeah. Harvey's Absolutely. Because she would get sick there. Anyway. Every, uh, every time we went. Yeah, now you just have an excuse not to get sick with anything else. Yeah, like, yeah. Just take the steps to, like, yes, when it starts to get cold out and we're all stuck together in tight spaces. Like, there are other other cultures on the planet that exactly, yeah. wear masks on the rig. Yeah, this... like, I'll still wear it periodically. If I know I'm going to be in a tight space with a bunch of people, I'll, you know. Yeah, when it come out of my mouth, it makes me sound like a tool. Back to Big Bird. Big Bird is the guy that comes in the conversation where you're like, yeah. this is cool. We can have a responsible barbecue. And he's like, people are still dying. Like, I know that shit. <laughs> of course I, I know. know. This is the water cooler, Bird. Also, people are dying to have this barbecue. So pack it up, Bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves a barbecue now. All it took was one mention. Barbecues are great. But even people that were like, uh, my fucking coworker invited me to a fucking barbecue, and I oh, think yeah. I'm obligated to go. Now, all of a sudden, it's barbecue this, barbecue that. Oh, yeah. I love a, when is, a hot rib. How early can I be there? <laughs> right. Man, I, you know what? I, I was thinking about a Midwest barbecue staple, and tell me if you had this, mm-hmm. but it was a, like, just classic package, styrofoam bottom, plastic cover of, like, chicken mm-hmm. thighs. You put that baby straight on the grill, no salt, no pepper, and then just a generic bottle of barbecue sauce. Just oh, yeah. slather that with, with a craft. paintbrush, switch it, craft. That was so oh, yeah. common. It was such a, oh, yeah. like, oh, man. It was it's just such... a chicken wing covered in jelly, basically. It was the most unappetizing piece <laughs> <Yes>. of meat <laughs> you could have. But that's what I thought barbecued grilled chicken was. Right. Right. And I'm just like, yeah, it's not really my thing. I'll stick to the burgers and dogs with a nice char on it. And then you realize the the artistry in grilling is that char and the seasoning and right. how that works when the fat melts. It's not just like <laughs> squirt ketchup on these chicken necks you, uh, until they're gray. That's like the whitest, wettest meat. Oh, uh, it was. Yeah. And that you would needed, like go ahead. Just say you need like 10 times more barbecue sauce. Yeah, you got to You got to dip. What was your what was your family? You got hockey puck, well done, Bergs, or nice pink? Uh we're the the pink. Oh, medium really? Rare, medium, yeah, yeah. I I was that Unless later you get distracted on. And you get a hockey puck. Yeah, we was I mean, always you get a couple pucks in there. I can't tell you the summer for me was yeah we'd have like we do like a grill, but there'd always be like twelve burgers left over. So summer for me just reminds me of going straight in the fridge, opening that foil, eating a cold hamburger like it was a a biscuit. Oh yeah, just that's it. Just a little mustard, a little ketchup, a little mayo if you want. So good, yeah. Wow, that really takes me back. That takes me, yeah. 
Oh, I was just going to say the last time I remember that type of was when we, when me, you, and John F. O'Donnell mm-hmm. got that apartment in Long Island City. Yeah. You and I were broke as we couldn't fucking scratch two nickels together. Yeah, I remember that. And Johnny was like, we're doing a 4th of July show. We're having a giant barbecue. Mm-hmm. And we're like, so we got to buy food for 60 people? You are transitioning me into something perfect. Go ahead. And it was like, we went to like, oh, uh, uh, my one of my fucking favorite chains in New York. And how should I talk about it? Because she used to live by one. Uh, we went to Western Beef. Oh, I thought it was like a Costco or something, but yeah, Western beef so with the cactus just, outside. It yeah. is totally a Costco. Like yeah. it has a like a cactus with a uh, sombrero like a or something. Hat on. Cowboy hat, yeah. And we just got the giant brick of like twenty pounds of burger patties and ten hot dogs. pounds yeah. of hot dogs. And we're like, Johnny said all these people are coming. Mm-hmm. So it's you and I not mingling, working the grill. Of course making burgers and i'm like i had to make a ton of burgers and then no one showed up and no one ate anything no one like hundreds of dollars on food definitely nobody ate anything because we're all broke comedians and the thing that was sitting before the grill was a keg so it's like fucking a i am gonna drink myself full oh and we i ate hot dogs for three months straight oh yeah Oh my god, yeah. Just fr- break, chisel like three of them out of the freezer, throw them in the fucking microwave. <laughs> I remember right about around that White time bread. is a time like you introduced me. You're like, you can buy nice vodka and keep it in the freezer and it's delicious. So uh, we like started having a bottle of like, let's call it like Grey Goose or, or something to that yeah. effect. And so it would just, cause. yeah, it would sit on top of this brick of hot dogs so pull out vodka have an icy it's like we're russians an icy drink of vodka and then just munch on two hot dogs without bread on our yeah or if we had the loaf of bodega white so that is a perfect transition casey i i could not wait all week and i've been giggling to myself to tell you about this show i watched we were staying at my brother's house. He's got some other kind of streaming service, like YouTube TV or something. And, oh, it, ha- sure, and sure. it has the, I thought we watched trashy channels with like ID Discovery. The oh, channel yeah. is, I don't know what used to be on it. Maybe like made for TV movies, but it's TLC. And it is the most dog shit garbage channel. It's like my short life, which is like. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. yeah. They used to have like proper channels. I think so. Like, or proper or shows, shows, excuse me. But that was the channel. I don't even know if we talked about it on the podcast. We were obsessed with it. And we were like, what the fuck kind of show is this? And it was the 10, 10 weirdest things removed from the human body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's they have a show called Dr. Pimple Popper, where oh, literally shit. as people come in and they, she, this person just the... lances and picks at sores. Like, that is crazy oh. to me, my 600-pound totally. life. It's very exploitative. Yeah, yeah. Or it's or it's a show like this, which is so beautifully sad and upsetting, and it's called Extreme Cheapskates, and it oh, is- Oh, I love it all fucking ready. 
So, Casey, I'm going to try and build to the most amazing. So it's they focus on an in, one of them, like one family must have stuck out because they mm-hmm. became like a spinoff. And it's like extreme cheapskates, the Watson family. And they're just incredible. It's this mom who's uber cheap and she drags her daughters along to embarrass them. Clearly, this one is more like they saw something in them and now it has more of like a scripted yeah. narrative. So. Sure, sure. So they're now they're getting paid for the show to be cheap. Like that you know what I mean? Honey Boo Boo Child or whatever. Basically, it was. basically. But the episode we saw with her was speaking of like a barbecue having to cook for these people. It was her daughter's wedding. So her daughter's like, We need a venue. <laughs> Already, this is great. We need a venue. And they're looking at stuff and she's like, A church they do like a talking head to the camera. She's like, mm-hmm. Churches usually cost two thousand to three thousand dollars. I have a friend who has an abandoned space in a strip mall, and she drags her daughter, and they just have it at, like, where an old J.C. Penney's was. Turn the lights on, and she's like, to cater a wedding is usually 500 to to $1,000. I'm asking my guests to bring their own potluck dish, it's BYOB, and everybody brings a plate, a cup, and, a like, a utensil. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like in New York where they're like, we're having a paint party. Right. Which is just, so you just paint someone's fucking apartment for uh, um, well, Oh, she bought her dress at a pawn shop and talked this dirty, greasy pawn shop owner like down from a wedding dress from like $100 to 50 because there was rat urine on it. <laughs> so it's like, all right, that's gross. That's cheap. You're kind of hamming it up for the camera. And then for, she's like. We're going to have the groom's family over and friends. We're going to give them a meal like to for everybody to mingle. And she's like, a meal for 50 people would cost such and such money. We're going to what's called a um, uh, – it's like a ding and dent, basically. It's like a thrift grocery. As soon as you started the story, that's what I thought <laughs> right. of, the old ding and dent in Watertown. So she was like, we were going to have a turkey, but turkeys for 50 people would cost us $100. So she bought a bunch of like – uh, chicken breasts and chicken legs that were going to expire within 24 hours so she stocked up on all this chicken she ground up some of it and made like a big hump to look like a turkey body and then (laughs) and then she put like 18 legs around it and called it a turkey so she wheeled out this like gelatinous mound with all these chicken legs around it and everybody's just like this is just awful, except for the groom's father, who was like, it, it, it's pretty good, just sucking oh, on these cousin bones. Cousin Eddie style. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, that was pretty gross. All right, I'm going to stay on it for the next one. The next one was this woman named Kate. She lived in New York, and she. I was like, I don't feel, I don't feel bad for any of these people. It's like personal choice, but somehow she had been willed an apartment. So she had her own apartment, like off of Madison Square Park. Oh, no rent free paid for yeah, it was yeah, a small yeah. apartment but she's like Still. i had the i'm not paying 14 dollars a month for electricity so i had the electricity paid um turned off not paying gas companies want to charge you 18 dollars, so i had the gas turned off so she's just has this empty shell she found some old yoga mats on the street so she sleeps on these old yoga mats she Good brags Lord. about having these shorts she bought 15 years ago but the elastic expanded so she like you know Ties those them with the like extension cord well she folds them over and uses those like clips that are like black like a chip clip like a chip clip yeah she has that but then she had friends over she's like 
a guy I work with, she's like a CPA, knows I'm an extreme cheapskate, but doesn't know the details. And he has a new girlfriend, so I invited them over. It's so good. <laughs> First of all, she also like gives you a weird description of, she's like, toilet paper costs this much. So I use these old cut-up rags, wipe, and then um, put it in this bin. And oh, then the wash them in the tub. But then she's like, if I take a dump, I use this little tiny bit of soap, wipe my butt, use a rag, and then put it in this other bin. So I was like, all right, well, they're setting us up. So the person's going to be like, I have to use the restroom. I have to take a shit because I'm eating your expired food. <laughs> well, no, that's the other thing is she's having them over for a meal. So she's like, I live next to some gore. I know the exact places she would go to these places on 23rd Street, which were like basically nice bodegas. She's like, they throw away nice prepackaged food even a day before they expire. So she found like some turkey meatloaf and some mashed potatoes and sure. old chocolate cake. And she serves it to them. Oh, and old fried rice. And they're like, all right, I'll have a little bit. And then they're Ooh. just kind of making these faces and they're like, flavors of the world. What? Uh, she's like, I found it in the trash down the street. <laughs> and finally the woman's like, I got, you don't, this, it's a middle of January, uh, excuse me, July. So she doesn't have AC. So it's burning up New York heat. And she's eating this old turkey meatloaf. And how's she heating it up just with like on a hot plate in the sun? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All in Solar. one pot. She's like, it costs more money to wash two pots. Plus she probably has <laughs> her uh, uh, like water shut off because when she uses, takes the dump. She has like a Aquafina bottle filled with water, and she does like a squirt. Like, tss, tss. Uh, the next one, day. Casey, is where I was like, "This is my favorite thing I've ever heard." <laughs> it's so sad. They they go visit. I forget this woman's name, but she's a mom, got two kids, doesn't want to pay for landscaping, so she dug up her yard, put in fake flowers, and then went to an old mini golf place and was like, "Are you getting rid of any old putting greens?" So she, they had her dumb dad husband dig up the lawn and she just laid horribly this like fake dirty putting green down. So now they don't have to like mow the lawn. But Casey, this is so fucking beautiful. She's like, kitty litter is made of good clay. So all you have to do with old kitty litter, litter is filter out the dumps and put it in my mixing bucket, mix it with water, and you have nice forming clay and i was like where is she going with this she goes in outside she's made a nice mesh dome out of chicken wire and she's like uh -huh. i can take this nice clay and i'm actually making my own tombstone <laughs> <laughs> so greatest thing i've ever heard in my life so it shows her with like a putty knife and she's just shellacking this tombstone oh real God. big real elaborate so it's like tombstone shape but then it goes up into like an easter island statue and just every month when she cleans this little quick kitty litter she adds a new level fuck? to this tombstone in her yard and i was like you were fucking kidding me it's so i was like this is the most beautiful thing I ever heard this is insane. Well, and it's like I understand being thrifty. Yeah, of course. Because it was like you know when you're making that good New York money, you're just like bam, 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 bam. I'll just get get what I want when I want it. Mm -hmm. Which isn't the best way. You should save something. Sure. Um, but I was like, what do these people 
Like, what do they buy? Like, is she does she do a bunch of cocaine? Like, are you pun- oh like, right, pinching right, pennies right. to like just put it up your nose? What's the end goal like, for saving these tiny you, scraps of money? Clearly, you have a little like a smog the dragon horde of riches they all own their own homes right or she owned their her own apartment so it's like you clearly don't go out and buy a nice dinner you're not gonna pay money to go on an expensive vacation oh it's just the joy of i think that's it it's it's the rush of finding the deal it's like there was a guy sitting at a restaurant just sitting there ordered a water maybe he's like you gotta order something a diet coke and then he would go around before the waiter could pick up the plate. He's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Excuse me, sir. You're not going to eat that. Could you just box that up for me? And oftentimes the waiter would be like, absolutely not. You need to leave. You are a human fucking rat. Dumpster. Dumpster. Like, that's what the city's turning you into a rat. That's what rats do. They eat <laughs> trash. Yeah. And have no self-respect. And not- it's like, I understand for like a a concept like an idea like when we lived in and i may have told this story when we lived in brooklyn at that flop house yeah i lived with mitch with our like seven roommates Mm -hmm. we'd periodically have people coming in and out and then we'd have to interview new people and we had this girl come in cool punk rock chick right cool and we get to the end and like before we're like kind of everybody's kind of like yeah she seems legit like she'll be cool she's like colombo style Eh, just one more thing. By the way, gotta let you know, I do dumpster. <laughs> and we're like, what? Like, th- those words didn't like, I do hit du- the ear. And right. You're like, do dumpster? What do you, t- like, do? You mean you do dumpster? He's like, I dumpster dive and only eat out of the garbage. There you uh, go. It's like, okay. And then, you know, she went on to be like, there's so much way food waste. It w- It's a shame. And I was like, I get it. Like, I worked at starbucks in new york and whole foods in new york and the, the amount of food they throw out oh sad yeah absolutely it's sad and the the shitty bureaucracy of like the city won't allow you to just to fucking put it out like dunkin donuts would put all their old shit just on a pallet in the back for anyone to have whether right. it be homeless or just like oh hey i can't afford i'm gonna get some donuts bread so i'm gonna get a bunch of free bagels so i can feed my kids in the morning course yeah absolutely but again i don't know what the end like that was a, a political statement and like i understand that but it's like if you're just pinching pennies to be a fucking miser right right what is yeah that i mean making like, like take a second take a breath talk to whatever weird friends you have but if you are literally to save money building your own tombstone <laughs> Not out of cat litter you buy at a dollar store. Out of used cat litter. <laughs> so incredible. Just the toxoplasmosis leaching down to your bones. Yeah. Gonna reanimate you. Yeah, you can't take it with you. You can put it on top of your dead body, but you can't take it with <laughs> you. Like, it makes you think of all those, you know, you hear those stories of like, it was more so in like the 80s, 90s. Where like a, they'd be like, oh, we found this fucking homeless dude, looked like shit, smelled like shit, dressed in rags, and like oh, yeah. he'd have like two hundred thousand dollars cash on his on hand. I remember, I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking crazy. But and I, it was and to add to that being true, there was a uh, this bar owner of these 
bars in Williamsburg, the Williamsburg Greenpoint area. Mm. Been there since the like seventies. In a couple of places in the city, and there are all the stories of this guy, and he just that was his part of the ownership. He'd go around every day, pick up the drops from the night, stick them in his pocket. Sort of that same guy. Look like crap. Yeah. Look like he was homeless, but always had like twenty thousand dollars cash in his pocket. It's cause that's what he did. Pick it up, throw it in a safe. Like just you know, like not even a bank. So many times that ends poorly too. Like you hoard it all, and then somebody's like, "This guy, what has twenty thousand dollars walking from here to there, and he just puts it on a pile in his house?" And you, I'm gonna murder him. It's like no, exactly. Like you hear that every time that story comes up, it's someone talking about one of those bars, and then you hear the whisper, and it's like the beginning of a Tarantino movie. Because I was like, "There's always somebody there who's had a little too much." Oh, the the chug chug and a little too much of the sniff sniff or whatever yeah, yeah. that gets really weird and aggressive, like the Big Bird thing. Like, why don't we just why don't somebody just kill oh, him? God. Take the money. You know, you're like, no, no one's gonna beat this guy up for this money. But it always comes up, and it's like, if you could get two or three idiots, so uncomfortable, right? Because you me. look at one guy's eyes, and you're like, he's like on the edge of like, yeah, that's an option for him. It's like when I worked at the hot dog place, and this young guy was like. So you're in, right? We're going to rob this place. Like I got two <laughs> buddies. You're in. They'll come in. Don't worry. Their guns won't be loaded. And besides, you act like you're getting robbed, but you're in on it. I was like, I need to fire this guy right away. <laughs> oh, God. That was because I was like, this dude is fucking, you know, uh, this guy's Benson her serious. Um, no, it's always interesting when you meet a person, like even in that story, being a bartender, you hear someone say that. And I was like. I get that when they say like the criminal mentality because my first thought was not I want to roll this dude for all he's worth, but it was right. like wouldn't that be an interesting comic idea or maybe a like a Sam Shepard style play? Right. And this guy's like, "Fuck your play! I'm just gonna steal from him." Right. And go buy a bunch of hookers and suits <laughs> and put him in the man shelter. My buddy Bokeezy. gonna say, uh, "Yeah, Bokeezy needs the dough. He ain't selling those suits." <laughs> It's going to say, but like I can notice I was laughing because we had to buy our dogs when it's raining. They're just not going to go outside to use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So we put a wee wee pad down for them by the back door. And Meg's like, we need to, we need wee wee pads. We're going to be out um, tomorrow. I was like, all right, I'll go on Amazon quick. And we, I, you know, on Amazon, if you go to your orders, you just find the same thing you've ordered and easy click bring. Yeah. Yeah. Exact one. So I went to it and underneath it, so they were like $18. Um, and I was about to click it. And then underneath it, I said, 100 count, seventeen fifty. Well, I'm going to get that one. I got them. They That's came right. and Meg was like, how much were these? I was like, they were a little less than what we normally get. A little less. And I was, and she's like, oh, it's all right. Like it's- I was like, and then she opened one and it was the size of a napkin. It is the tiniest <laughs> thing ever. And I was like, oh. she's like, why? What did you, what is this? I was looked at, I was like, oh, I got extra small. But we have small, like, this is insane. This is like if you had a hamster running around right, your house. Yeah. So there you go. Got burned. Fool me once. But I get fooled on that all the time. Amazon, the same things are like sitting next to each other. And if it's just that hair, tiny bit cheaper. I'll go for it. We got Musk boshed. 
in this baby's life. So we're hurting here. We're hurting here. You guys are all in on it. Baby, this, we recorded this, uh, we recorded this, uh, like an hour ago and we put that baby right out. So now you're going to hear how awful it is when we try and reconnect when he's calling me and I'm calling him and I don't know what's going on on his track, but he doesn't know what's going on on my track. See, he's calling now. Let's click to answer it. So I'm going to answer it. I just answered it. Told you. Oh, can't. Can't answer it. Didn't give me a call. So I'll call him back. You're loving this. You're loving this. Oh my God. Do I go back in and see right where we were? Or do I just let it roll, baby? No edits. No edits. Now I bet he can't answer mine. that one click to answer just did oh, now now you start to feel the rage oh my <laughs> god it's Bro. the small things you guys uh, trying to order a birth certificate for Dell and I filled out the wrong name in the wrong spot and I wanted to um, punch through a window yes. stop calling him Mm -hmm. All right. Got a thumbs up emoji. So much rage. There he is. I don't know what you were saying on your side. You don't know what I was saying on my side. But like I said, we recorded. We recorded. Angered whispers. We recorded this a half hour or an hour ago, and we're going hot. So they're gonna hear. I was like, "Fucking, he's calling me at the same time. I'm calling him." So I was like, "All right, I'll hang up and I'll accept his uh -huh. call." And then when I tried to accept your call, it. Yeah, all I heard was pinging and ringing. Pinging and ringing, and then you baby. you called me and I did the same thing. Just... Pinging and ringing. It's the name of the episode. What are we now talking about? Back. What are we talking about? Pinging and... Oh, me being an extreme cheapskate. No, it's funny that you were saying that because the um, I've been trying to... We have that pool and every periodically we got to empty it out and just clean it because it gets gummy in the bottom. Yep. So I got a bunch of old bar rags that I used to clean stuff up because I was like, this is an obscene amount of paper. To oh, waste. absolutely. So I try to use more rags than oh, yeah. I do paper towels. Same here. Which just got me down that rabbit hole of just the concept. I didn't understand the concept of like when you reread that like Luke Santee book, Low Life. Oh, and it just yeah. recounts the history of new york and like tenement life and there was that 
job that people would have rag pickers mm-hmm. and i i got it conceptually like okay cool yeah they got cloth out of the trash whatever and cleaned it and so- sold it but it's like <laughs> like physically living that life now like just try to be conscientious and also try to save a few bucks like using those rags just like i went down the rabbit hole of like just a world with no paper products because they haven't other than writing on Right, it hasn't Just become that, a norm. That need for the material. Yeah, it's crazy, like right? You just find a, an old shirt and cut it up and put a stitch on it, wash it, sell it as a kerchief because you're going to need the kerchief blow your for nose. The old nose. You got the Aquafina for the back. They uh... and I was just like, "What? It's <laughs> so insane! You're just always doing laundry." Oh, I know, I know. So what? In the end, what? This is the. This is the most ridiculous. In the end, what do you you wasting water? You're wasting water, cleaning yeah, rags. I thought you were gonna say you were making a paper mache urn paper or something like that <laughs> yeah, right. for the end. A tombstone made of sludge. I'm actually using the cat shit to create a gargoyle to keep the birds out of my gutters. Oh, there you go. Oh my god. Um, I got uh, what else is going on? Um, bu- 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 do dumpster extreme cheapskates you're back you got a you got a big b-day coming up yeah in a week 40 pump salute 40 pump salute i i saw something that we put up uh i was like well this is insensitive uh but i it, 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 i get our intention at the time but we did something called the 40 pump salute where at the end of a sketch yes. we did where we were strippers, we strip off all our clothes and the closer is just a 40 pump salute and we would do it way too long. We were all in like Guys the skimpiest underwear, just, huh? yeah, unfit, yeah. and we just pump our crotches and people would, you know, the the joke was it kept going on too far and made you uncomfortable because we were in the type of underwear that our dicks and shit would flop around. In fact, one of the performers was so proud of it. He was like, I can really make my shit flop. Oh, and it does. You're like, that's crazy. So as a video, we eventually like slowed it down to like honor things like here's a 40 pump salute for your birthday. Here's (laughs) a 40 pump salute. But yeah, exactly. But I saw one obviously that came up this month and it was the 40 pump salute. And it just said, in honor of gay pride, here's the 40 pump salute. (laughs) And I was like, that could be taken yeah, as a little that pandering that's the where they revisit you when you're running for uh, city council <laughs> right and they they hang that one on you and that's hard to explain you're like no but we put it up for casey's mom's birthday and we put it up for <laughs> the fourth of july and we put it up for martin luther king day so it all you know it all coalesces yeah uh 40 pump salute um, oh, I was going to say, you know what that extreme cheapskatism might come mm-hmm. from or what you were saying? Because I'll never yeah. forget a great episode of um, Unsolved Mysteries where it was the same thing. It was this old man. He would um, eat one can of beans every day, get up in the morning, put a can of beans on the stove in the can. And then oh, later that afternoon, the... just eat the can of beans out. And that was his life. And then he died and he had like 50 no, he had like $250,000 in the bank, and it was Unsolved Mysteries. They're like, so if you're related to this, <laughs> this uh, yeah, exactly. You know, we're looking for a descendant. Got a lot of relatives. 
And it all like stems like this is like a mental there's something dysfunctional about it and it comes mm-hmm. from like trauma and that one came from trauma out of like the depression. Like sure, sure. I the the depression could come any minute, a pandemic could hit any minute, and I'm because back then you were just on your own. Yeah. The government was just like if you starve, you starve. It's to each its own. Like there was no, no safety net. It's interesting because I was just thinking. I don't know why that I this book popped into my head, but there's that John Steinbeck book, East of Eden. Yeah, which just follows two families, and one of the characters in that book, um, because of the depression, was just obsessed with debt. Yeah. So that's that she is just a, a spendthrift. Because she is so afraid of debt and banks and owing things because they took so much from everyone. Right. Because they even owed a little bit. And I just, I always, that just popped into my head for some reason. When I was thinking about it. I was like, oh yeah, that, that, as you were talking, I was like, that is the reason you're right. You live through the trauma of losing a, a, your home to the crusty banksters. There is something interesting like like you mentioned about maybe it's different because i never had a kid in a big city but like uh i'll just use new york as an example you're in a city columbus but um or hennings in portland there is something about the ease and convenience about so many services and you're already inundated with so much i don't know let's call them stressors you're already so boxed in so you've already Mm got to zip around and every place takes you gotta there's a process to get from here to there so the conveniences become the more like necessities. So you're like, sure, I'm just going to order yeah, food yeah. in. Yeah, it's more expensive. Yeah. I'm just going to drop my laundry off. Yeah, it's more expensive. But then I'm not humping. A, it's like uh, the city is like yeah. more like time is money. You know what I mean? No, it's no, it's true. And Ash and I always talked about that because now we're talking about this woman living in New York and pinching every penny, not even paying a gas bill. We always talked about we had a really cool apartment. And we were kind of like, we eventually filled it full of our crap. And we were like, we'd always wanted, we'd always talked about moving to a different, larger apartment in the neighborhood we were in, which is Crown Heights. Yeah. But it got so much more expensive, Mm -hmm. which always led Ashton and I to the conversation because we had friends who stayed in the city and had like killer, like their location was awesome in these apartments, but they weren't able to go out and pay for a nice meal right or go to a show or do this because they were so strapped concerned about saving that money we were always like then that's when we can't live in new york city yeah is because if you cannot take advantage of what that city has to offer then that's then why why toil in that system yeah and become a rat person <laughs> when you can yeah. just move somewhere and have a yard and be a cheapskate you know like your risk reward you gotta sure. weigh those options yeah absolutely and that there, was always our thing if you we can't go out on thursdays to a different restaurant be it a low end or high end then if we're not doing that then we should live somewhere with more space right and i will you, say we've gotten better at both of us at cooking because now we have a kitchen sure and now we don't have the the need to like go out or order food as often right or maybe you'll have to hop in the car to do it yeah and that's kind of a pain in the ass plus you're wasting gas 
Got to change, rotate those tires. Gas prices through the roof, thanks to Grandpa Joe. Inflation's (laughs) going up. The cost of a house. There's that thing somebody mentioned to me. They're like, missed that opportunity to buy that house. Houses were cheap. It's like, yeah, but the only people that could take opportunity of that are people that had money when that happened. Anyways, yeah. So what are you trying to say? Like it was not, it was never an opportunity for me because yeah. I couldn't do that. I also <sighs> should have bought, like you know, like should have bought Apple stock when it was a dollar. Right, exactly. But, but I, didn't, I didn't have a dollar. I didn't buy a Bitcoin because I right. didn't have money to buy one and didn't really give a shit about it. There's a thing now. It's actually that everything you know that seems so um, uh, unlikely. Does uh I think I got a rube sneeze at that door. That handle is turning. Hey What's going on? Uh yeah, Venmo is like, you wanna just use Bitcoin now? Oh, you're playing so you're hiding in here. Say hi to Uncle Casey. Hi. You're not getting edited out of the podcast because we're going straight we're going straight to the consumer. What do you think of that? From the scan disc to your ears. Ruby found. Ruby got found. All right, go find Mama now. Oh, she's going to hide. All right, say goodbye now. Say happy birthday, now, Uncle Casey. Happy birthday. Well, that's pretty good. Thank you. There you go. Scoop. Hey, door. Close the door. Come on, champ. <laughs> door. Oh, yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Here we go. You ready for this? There we go, man. Ruby got sick. Ruby got sick for the first time, right? Really? Oh, yeah. Now the whole house is uh, on lockdown. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. What happened? No, not on lockdown. Just just got a nasty cold, snot everywhere. I don't know. But my initial feeling was like, actually, it's funny. Talk about like uh, parental, I don't know, I guess new parent feeling like parental failure. The night she went to bed and woke up sick, she first mm-hmm. got up and came into bed with me, and it was like four in the morning. I was like, uh, I was asleep, and she actually interrupted my dream by talking. She integrated into my dream. Oh, yeah. And in okay. the dream, all of a sudden, whatever I was doing, I don't remember the specifics, somebody just went, was going, water, I need water. <laughs> and I woke up, and I was like, good, god damn, was the hot coals in my bed? And she was just on fire. She was so warm. And then she was going, I need water. <laughs> yeah, but, you do. But I got, I got like woken up out of startle. So I was like, all right, I'll get you some water. I got her water bottle. And she was drinking water. And I was like, yep, 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 go to bed. And of course, the next morning I go to work and Meg sends me a message. She's like, she's got like a crazy fever. And I was like, oh, that's why she was so hot and needing water. And I was just like, let's just go to sleep. <laughs> Just don't use a blanket. Just use the that sheet. That was it. I was like, dang. I was like, oh, I uh, turned the fan on. But uh, I was like, oh, yeah. That was irresponsible. I like, gotta <laughs> slip back into this cool dream. What am I, fighting a whale that needs water? <laughs> it totally reminds me, because we were in the woods and we're just hiking. Like There were a few nights where I just was like a fucking log. Just yeah. gone to the world. Just had these crazy in-depth dreams. And the only one I remember, because I remembered it, as we were driving out that morning to go to the lake, I was like, oh, my God. And I, like, touched my chest. 
Because in the dream, I was having this intense conversation with somebody that had like a Hawaiian shirt on and it opened. Yeah. And I had this like super intense Tim Drake Robin chest piece. Ooh, that nice. That peeked out from under the shirt. So somebody was like, cool, Tat, what you got going, bro? And I went, oh, yeah, Tattoo. You know, Tim Drake was the third Robin going to this super in-depth conversation as to what it was. And then when I woke up the next day, I was like, fuck, did I get a Robin tattoo on my chest? No. No. <laughs> I made a huge mistake. I That is a common thing in uh, in recovery. You They just call it drunk dreams. Um, everybody knows I'm sober, but like the first one you have, you're like, son of a bitch. Like, I, I got to start counting day one. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, that's, that's so much better. But now I learned to embrace them. So fall asleep and go, I guess you're going to have a few tonight. Um, day making in here, baby. No, I was like, I guess I'm going to drop some acid. <laughs> like, this is the best. Um, but one of like a lot of times it's they're the saddest. Like sometimes it's nice having a good time. But the last one I had, I was like drinking at a train station, like right, just it's on never a bench. Glorious. Yeah, like, oh, you're never no at glory. a gala banquet. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not on the. I'm not uh, at the top Sipping of the stairs a... on the Titanic, if you will. <laughs> Literally. And all I was station. doing, yeah, I had a forty ounce in a in a bottle, and it wasn't like the New York subway. <laughs> So I could have even like been experiencing something cool because it was like a new age, like something you might see in like mm-hmm. Hong Kong, like this really big with like this a grand neo Hong Kong, future. yeah, grand ceiling. But I was just on this crusty bench, like those are nice drinks. Eh, I'm not gonna get on it. Probably take my beer. <laughs> Where am I gonna go? <laughs> yeah, right. What do I gotta do? Oh man, the old drunk dream. I know. Don't you? It's. I always love when I let myself down, even in my dreams. Of like, course. Why are you a cheapskate in your dream, even? Like, I get, spend that dream money, dude. I still hold on to uh, a dream I had early on in our sketch career, where it was literally Graham Chapman leaning yes, down, that's and right. he just goes, "Hey, uh, let me give you the best sketch idea ever." Whispered in my ear. I woke up and I even had it like the first minute I woke up and I was like laughing. I was l- actually waking up, laughed myself awake. And then I was like, I got to tell Kate. No, oh, it's gone. No. Uh, gone now. Man, I think I told you about it. It was like the most vivid dream because it was I was really excited. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of was let down as I tried to like peer around it. And I had this crazy vivid dream where i met kurt cobain <laughs> okay except Ooh. it was it was kurt cobain now all right, all right. like if he had lit like how he would look sure now sure in his 50s so he had like on like the uh donald sutherland from animal house like uh professor sure the like corduroy jacket the arm patches thick, yeah arm patches, patches thick around the waist he's mm-hmm. still had long hair but it was going going south yeah kind of a scraggly professor beard and i was looking around and i was like fuck am i at a learning annex this is fucking kurt cobain and i kept wanting to like speak to him but he was on a fucking jag about fucking john lennon dude he was so pissed he was hot and just about (laughs) just like this is amazing 
Uh, this is Kurt Cobain bitching about fucking John Lennon. Well, John Lennon was a prick. So, and then he, like, rattled off a couple, like, artists, like, a couple poets in it. So, like, when I woke up, I made sure to write down the names of the, the poet and, like, playwright. And they're actual poet. Like, one's an ancient Greek playwright, and one is a fucking... Probably the most Kurt Cobain-y, like, French poet. He died a pirate. Like, it's fucking nuts. So I was like, I think I actually spoke to Kurt Cobain. Yeah, that's very muse-like. The dream space. And he was just not happy about fucking John Lennon. You know, because you're like, I have so many questions. And I was like, couldn't get a word in edgewise. That sounds like they're in some ethereal world. And he's like, ah, cool, man. I'm going to meet John Lennon. And John Lennon's still just, just wanking. It was kind of like that. The tone of it was he was pissed because like John Lennon gets a little bit more cred. He feel like he felt like it was undue because he had historical references for sort of his artistic journey. And he was just like, yeah, John Lennon just fucking kid just shows up, starts singing, just tinks on the guitar. (laughs) That Kurt Cobain, quite the artist, though. You shared some uh, some sweet art with me. And it was breathtaking it is fabulous so i follow like just i follow a bunch of comic artists on um instagram and one guy was in aberdeen washington mm-hmm. and there was like a, a like a gallery you know just like you know like when you your dad took you to john wayne's birth home the <laughs> right, birth right. Home. uh so it had the guy took pictures of this art that uh kirk Cobain did in high school and I, and when I saw it, I took screenshots and I sent it to Hans immediately because it was so awesome. Because I was Perfect like, he would have sat art. at our table making this crazy ass art because it was basically, I think it was a take on American Gothic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Like super. He had a super car- like a cool cartoonish rendering, like shaded really well. But they were like neo. Like Blade Runner punks, yeah, mo- like s- half hair shaved, like crazy sunglasses. Yeah, like it was fucking awesome. And then I... the background was like a watercolor sunset. <laughs> just like, this is so awesome because it's so seeing into the mind of someone that you enjoy and respect as an artist, and you're like, we all start somewhere, baby. I was just gonna say it made. Uh, art so accessible you know what i mean i loved it i literally thought it was one of us from the table i had to get back to you with a question mark because i was like who did an art piece and then instead of like describing it just did a biography of kurt cobain Cobain, because it's like because you sent the thing that he turned in with it it's just his name and a description i was like in case you do a piece of art and then to be even more artistic just (laughs) sign it kurt cobain and then i would have been amazing I looked for more Kurt Cobain art, and there's not a lot of it, but there is a really fun, silly one. It It's a little more um, stylistic, and it's just Ronald Reagan, sweet Ronald Reagan pompadour, but he's got a full-size torso and squat little legs that just go to big old comic shoes, and he's just holding a little monkey that has the same haircut and squat little shoes. <laughs> It's like, all right, I can definitely get into that. And you're like, that's perfect because Kurt Cobain wasn't necessarily political. So this is all just a parody on, and he certainly wasn't comical, 
but this is a parody on like a pop icon image and yeah. then a parody on like the presidency and celebrity because Ronald Reagan, I think, made a movie with a monkey. Yeah, it's like Home for Dr. Buttons or some shit. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, he did a two-hander with an animal. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, yeah, it's no, so... it's it was it was fun to look at because it was like, like back then for me, like art was very like literal. Yeah, like it, the picture should look like a picture of the person, whereas this had like a a cart the cartooniness that yeah. you could see would be the well which he drew from to do the songs. Like just like I'm gonna draw Ronald Reagan's head and then draw goofy arms and legs on him. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Which nice. is like something you have to teach yourself is okay to do and like train yourself to think in that goofy way and not just do like a portrait of Ronald Reagan with a clown nose, you know? Right. You can do Terry Redlin, but yeah. if you have like a strong line, you can make it your own, the imagery yeah. your own, and you get more of your personality out of it, just like... uh Salvador Dali. You can see his yeah. early stuff. He's got all the talent to just go straight portraiture, like exact replica of what he's still life image. But then you find out he's a chronic masturbator, so all of his stuff <laughs> mel melts into that's, jizz. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Everything not somebody being like liquid. that's yeah, that's not somebody commenting on him. He's just like, I've had lovers, but I just would rather masturbate. And <laughs> it's like, all right, all right, sure. well. I guess you're access accessible too. Yeah, he's a relationship miser apparently. That's why he has all that time on his hands. I was saying, telling you, I like Ruby loves art and loves looking at art, so I'll get big art books from the library. And she loves Frida Kahlo, and we'll go through. And we're like, oh my, awesome. this is she's in a, like I didn't know much about her, but her work is. I mean, this is uh, an obvious, but is unreal. And we'll be looking through it, and I'll be like, ho, ho, ho! Hey. It'll be like, abortion time! <laughs> and you're like, okay, or miscarriage Let's time, excuse one. me. Let's but it gets gets a little intense sometimes. Um, and then the same with Dali, which I guess I should have known. But I was like, this is a lobster phone. This is, uh, I guess, a dong with the face. Let's keep turning, turning. <laughs> I think I remember reading an interview with... Um... Alice Cooper, mm -hmm. and it was like at the start of his career when he was kind. Of, he was, I I didn't realize how intense like he hit the scene. Yeah, because in the same interview he was talking about how one of his early shows when he first started to like start the world on fire, like he was getting a ton of celebrities. So it was like Groucho Marx and Greta uh, Garbo? Garbo went to see a show backstage. He's like, holy shit, these are fucking epic movie stars, and they're coming to see me, like... Because it was, like, know, the hot squirt, new thing. Squirt fake blood out of a, like, you know, dead rat, fake dead rat, you know, whatever, the theatrics of it, and they came because they thought it was hilariously absurd. Right, yeah, absurd is guy with ghoul makeup was spitting blood on people, and people loved it. So it was around that time he did a, uh, Alice Cooper did a photo shoot with um, Salvador Dali. And I guess Dolly showed up in like jingle jangle genie shoes <laughs> and a moo moo. I love it. And brought a piece of original art, which was just he made a skull and stuck like glitter icicles on it. in it and light bulbs and shit. Like, right. 
And Alice Cooper was like, it was really cool looking, but you could tell he just like cracked this out this morning because he's like, <laughs> right. I had a photo shoot today. Yeah. So do the shoot, and I saw pictures. It's cool because Dolly's in the back and he looks very like Aleister Crowley and, and you know, Alice Cooper's holding that skull underneath sort of like old absurd art and new nouveau absurd art. And Alice Cooper was like, oh, this was awesome. It was very nice to meet you. Can I keep this? <laughs> Dolly went, <laughs> no, that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And just went, Yoink. Yeah, he was extreme cheapskate. Yeah, again. Yeah, he was. Like, he would, uh, what was it? It was weird. Like, I, But he was also, like, uh, a con artist, a lot of people call him. I don't know if it was a con artist, but I think it was more of a comment on art where mm. his signature actually became worth money. So he would have other people sign his name and then if you were buying something with like the name on it you didn't like you were paying dolly prices but it might have been signed by like a newsie or something yeah he met at a bar it's funny you mentioned that about alice cooper because i think for our generation he got wayne's world dized so he lost that like joana vive of like the epicness of him because you're just like oh he's in that stupid co- he's not stupid it's amazing comedy but oh he's in that uh ridiculous comedy with wayne I and garth and also like anything i've read about him or heard him talk like yeah he just he's like i like rocking and rolling like golf good, better like exactly i like golf better and i like drinking beer he's a beer holic he never went Never, he never bought into his own bullshit. I think is what it is. Whereas, Which is like, great. Yeah, a Marilyn Manson like. So just reading about him because all this nasty shit's coming out about yeah. him. But I didn't realize when he was a kid at his newspaper, he interviewed himself and created his Marilyn Manson persona. Yeah, okay. to like spread the word about a show or the band, and then he donned that mantle. So already you're looking at the psychology of. It's a PR, yeah, ego. Whatever his PR, Brian, yeah. Brian is the nerd that everybody hates, but Marilyn Manson is the visage. And once you start drinking your own fucking bullshit, yeah, you, you become toxic. Fucking, you become a crazy person. Yeah. Whereas I think Marilyn Manson's like, or not, uh, Alice Cooper's like, I do these crazy shows. They are what they are. Got a big, big skeleton that's belching smoke, like from Wayne's World, and it's like. I told the line between evil, but he's like, I'm not going to go full Satanist occult ritual because he's like, I don't really give a shit. Because he's like, you want to sing up songs about Frankenstein. You, such a good song. But you put it all on stage, that shit's tiring. You know what isn't? Yeah. Doing 18 holes with a couple exactly. Miller lights. That's that's <laughs> a way to live. He lives in like Flagstaff, too. You know what I yeah, mean? Because there's golf great golf in Bill Arizona. Murray, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just I golf with other famous people. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like like the life. Uh oh, uh oh, we got a still. I just heard some chirping in the background. I was trying to gauge the the, the level volume level. It was a false alarm. That does take us. That does kind of take us full circle on this one. Starting with dumb dad ignoring our kids. Maybe we're ending yeah. with dumb dads ignoring <laughs> our kids. Oh, I had the most dumb dad moment. Like when we got back because we took our other car and our the car that I drive most of the time is just an old Jeep. Yeah. Uh, so we were taking the car in the that we had driven a lot recently into the shop. So we switched everything over to oh the old boy. 
yeah. dirt wagon. I'm loading Harvey in. Ash gets in and she's like, watch out, there are a couple bees flying around. So I'm like, okay, cool, shut the door. And I look and I was like, that don't look like no fucking bee. I was like, that's a fucking hornet. Oh, yeah. And I look and they fucking built the hornet's nest behind my mirror. <laughs> the entire Perfect. back of it was just, I peeked and I was like, Oh, for God's sakes, everybody stay in the car. Oh, man. Went and got perfect. the spray and had to spray the inside and, you know, shirt over the, the toxic face, fumes. On. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's get funny. A wa- get a, and get a childish water gun because I, I must have looked like a fucking chimpanzee because I'm like, uh, uh, uh. I'm trying to dig it out with a stick and it won't fit. I can't get anything behind the mirror to, like, flush out this rest of this nest. Right. So go and get one of Harvey's cartoonish squirt guns. And I'm like, <laughs> you got super soaker. The back of it out. Yeah, you know, I did. Totally did. It was just one of those pump action super soakers just I to was... flush this nest out. And I was like, oh, God. I was reading something about the guy that invented the super soaker and got like that sweet Mattel Barbie deal. Like, all right, mm-hmm. well, I get a percentage of every super soaker sold. And we all know the super soaker craze of like 1993. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's like an inventor, you know, so he invented the super soaker and then he went on to invent like this, like cardiac stint or something crazy like that. <laughs> As in, this guy is incredible. I was like, that is the way so he's to like go. a Ben Franklin level. Yeah, like, absolutely. Man of the world. Like I like to tinker. Super soaker. I'll never forget. This is a good one. This is so good. Growing up, super soaker. Going to soak, soak the world. My buddy yeah, Ryan, he got, you know, like super soakers. I don't know if they were expensive, but they were definitely expensive yeah, for my family. Were. So I got like I a, remember asking oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah. And we got one. One pistol. We had to share between three of us. Yep. That's how expensive yeah. it was. So I got a super, like the cheapest model super soaker. My buddy Ryan often got like the cool toys. And he got the super soaker with the extra backpack oh, just to hold say, the water. Yep, had to have, yep. And it was like his birthday and he opened it and he got it like that day. And we're sitting in his front yard. He lived on like, not a main road, but he lived on this road. And a car's coming. My buddy Joey's like, squirt that squirt, truck. Squirt that truck. <laughs> Boom. Oh, Joey. Squirts that truck. The guy just, Stops, gets out, gets out, walks up the lawn, rips this super soaker in the backpack off of him, throws it in the back of his truck, drives away. Oh, no, shut <laughs> up. Yeah, so perfect. Oh, Never to be God. had again. Oh, amazing. Oh, and, Ryan and Joey, that's the duo. That was the duo. You're talking about Hornets, One of another favorite story. I've probably, uh, a little snippet of a story, I've, I've told it. Boom, Ryan's coming over. I'm inside. Joey's like, check out this crazy bee's nest underneath our stairs. They had like a set of like cement stairs or next to it. I was like, holy shit, that's huge. Ryan, we see him walking up. Joey's like, comes up to the door, (laughs) takes his metal baseball bat. Pink, pink, pink. Hits those cement steps. And all these bees start flying out. Ryan's at the front door. And then Ryan's like, let me in, let me in. And Joey's like, holding the door shut as he's getting stung and then when ryan comes in just stung all these bee stings all over me. he's like why didn't you open the door he's like i forgot it was push and not pull (laughs) just like you fucking son of a bitch oh man just that you were talking about the super soaker fight and nothing is more prepares you for the disparage that life can be yeah of when you 
organize a water gun fight and you got the poor kid's water gun. Oh. It's not fun. Nothing's fun no. about it. You better like, hope squirt, you got a... Squirt, squirt, squirt. And then that guy's got out, the backpack refill. with the 20-pound pump and then he just opens that fire hose. If you're poor like me, you better hope you got water balloons. You get a pack of those, say, 50 cents. If you're and you lucky just, and mom gave you a dollar, you get those sweet water grenades. And you, you fill them just to the point where they may break but won't, so you can just keep... Oh, yeah. This is punishment. This is class warfare now. Yeah, I was just going to say, this is poverty punishment. <laughs> I'm going to get a bucket of water, throw it at you, and then throw the bucket at you. Right. I only get two meals a day. You're getting a bucket <laughs> to the head. That's my dinner. <laughs> is your stitches. <laughs> Extreme cheapskates. I guess we know where we got it from. Yeah. <laughs> hard knocks, man. You'd have thought we knocks. grew up during the Depression. The depression of the 80s. And then you hear something real like, I I love this podcast not to recommend. Well, yeah, recommend another podcast. Uh, if you love basketball like me, there's a podcast called All the Smoke. Two old hard school ballers, Steve Jackson and um, Matt Barnes, just smoke weed and talk to like Shaq. And there was one they talked to Kobe like two weeks before he died. And uh, they just talked inside baseball and they were talking to Kevin Garnett. Can't recommend that episode enough. He cool. is as hard and intimidating and real as you think he is. And he grew up in like the hard knocks of Charleston where his mom worked a graveyard shift and then another job during the day and he had to fend for himself. And you're like, he didn't have water balloon money. And if he did, he needed to, to buy brass knuckles instead. <laughs> so you're like, all right, I had a pretty good perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, uh... What you got on basketball, there's one more thing. I know you've seen it because Ash and I had seen it before, but the mother-in-law really likes college basketball. So we're like, oh, I'd be – we asked her if she'd seen that Fab Five documentary for 30 for 30. Right. And she hadn't. So we're like, you're going to fucking love it. So it's just Ash and I geeking out about – because I'd watched it ages ago. And just I forget how culturally for me at that age – how formative those guys were in pop sure, culture. Absolutely. Just the like dumb shit, like the shorts and the, the black, black socks. Oh, had the... to have it. Yeah. And it was just like, they lit the fucking world on fire. And that's when I was like, still, I was working at the card store, was about to start working at the card store. So I was super into sports cards. So I remember all their rookie cards when they came out. And mm -hmm. it's just like, I knew they left early. I forgot how short that time was that they had oh when they went to the nba together before they went oh, yeah. pro yep yep yeah it's amazing now all the it's uh, it's all changed this is going into like but uh kids aren't going to college anymore like these elite no. basketball players because they can go straight to the g league get half a million no problem yeah. if you're an elite player you get right out of high school you go to the g league instead of the nba which the uber elites like kevin garnett and kobe bryant can could do and Just then could hang yeah. but they 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 talk about how you ride the bench for like a year and you really have those welcome to the nba moments where it's like there's it, they didn't just come out and they were amazing they didn't just come out and cross jordan you know what i mean yeah. um so you can go to the g league you're not going to make what you get drafted right in the nba if but you go to the g league you get half a million and part of it now is they will also say 
when you do want to go to college, that's part of your contract. We will pay you to go to college. Even if you have 20 years in the NBA, you want to go back. That's covered. So why in the world would you go play for, you know, Duke and make Mm -hmm. them, you know, another $20 million on your back instead of going to the G League and maybe get hurt, go to the G League, make half a million, cross your fingers you don't get hurt, and then, you know, bump up to an NBA team and get your contract. Yeah. So that's well, what's changing, changing the sport. It's going back. The past yeah. few weeks, the Supreme Court ruled on mm-hmm. college athletes and pay. It did. It opened the door for it, but it kind of, from what I read, it opened the door for like the chintziest of stipend. Like, we will allow you up to $300 right. a semester. You know what I mean? Well, and I didn't realize, and Ash made the point, because at first I was like, well, that's fucking bullshit. But now they have to, and I was like, oh, they didn't cover that before? Like, they have to give you a, you have to have computers. You have to have, they're not just going to let you in the door and let you go. Like, they have to provide for you to be able to live and learn without worrying about buying a computer or fucking being able to go to the gym or food. And I was like, oh, sure, of course that wasn't covered. They're just like, you're allowed to come here now, find a house. Yeah, that's like there's this amazing documentary, Last Chance You, where yeah, they follow yeah, yeah. Um, ELAC, East Los Angeles Community College. It's highly recommended. But you see all those dudes working in computer labs because these guys are coming from super like going to college is expensive on top of tuition. Mm-hmm. So when they say full ride and they're technically not allowed to give you a computer, you know what I mean? Right. That and would these... be gifting or whatever. Like those um, lower tier school, like the Last Chance You schools, especially that. East LA, they don't have dorms to give you. Yeah, you right. They're all living in these houses. Yeah, you sleep yeah, in your yeah. car. Like some of those kids slept in their car. Yeah, it's because they up. didn't have enough money to gas to drive home. Yeah, yeah, that's scummy. that's a lot of shit for a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like and they're kids, by the way. They're kids. These guys, I'm watching. I'm loving watching the Atlanta Hawks play right now. And you forget, like, because of the situation they've been thrust in. These kids are 20 years old, eight, like, you know what I mean? Like 21. It's nuts. It's so nuts. I was getting so frustrated with these shitty Atlanta Hawks fans because they were like dishing it out to somebody trying to shoot a free throw. But in like the most, like when this dude missed a free throw, they were just like, your mom's fucking sucking dick. (laughs) You're just like, this dude, come on, you fat piece of shit. Because wasn't that this past season, all of these crazy incidents of like guys getting spit on and like crap dumped on their heads. Yeah. A huge water bottle thrown from like the high tier. Yeah. It goes back to what you said. Like people are going crazy because they couldn't be together for so long. And now that we're back together, you forget you're not allowed to do this. Emotions are heightened. Yeah. The the, the norms have have halted. can say that at the bar now that's fully open it's like fuck me come on guys you weren't allowed to do this before you're certainly not fucking allowed to do it now remember like, i'm so happy to be out drinking with my friends remember like, calm uh down, calm the fuck down thinking about that water bottle bottle getting thrown i keep going on threads here but um there is a, a buddy we know um named brett gelman who's basically just just elevated himself into this elite oh, yeah. incredible thespian this he's like the john malkovich if not yet going to be of Perfect. our generation 
uh, almost didn't become one because we started hanging out with some shitty trust fund piece of shit. And we were going to this party and this guy was just like these guys. He's like, the norms don't apply to me. The rules don't apply to me. I can get out of anything. And we were going to a rooftop party of his. And he just decided to drop full cans of Paps Blue Ribbon as we came to the door of this building. And I don't know, it wasn't the crazy tall building, but it was 10 stories. Yeah. And he was just dropping beers and it fucking dropped an inch in front of this dude's face and exploded. And we all just had goosebumps because it would have just rocketed through his skull. Like that would have just been it. And we went up and he was like going to push this guy off the side of the roof and this guy still didn't register you know like what his actions were god that guy you could have fucking killed somebody yeah like partying he reminded me of uh there's some movie where tim heidecker made and it's kind of a lives in this ethereal world between comedy and reality it's very avant-garde and he plays this uber like rich um uh trust fund kid whose like parents basically own this like mansion on roosevelt island or something and he lives on a houseboat and he's just like has no care so he just goes into bars and starts fights like Mm -hmm. to start fights because he needs some Uh, kind of excitement because those there's nothing there's nothing uh there's nothing for him to there's no uh he hasn't faced any consequences. He's just trying to push a boundary right. so he can He's feel something. Asking the universe to give him a spanking. Right. So he goes into like a bar in like East Brooklyn and drops the N word. <laughs> you know, it's just like. Oh, God. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, most people are too civil. They're not going to fucking bash his fucking head in and leave him in the street like he should, like he deserves. Right, right, right. But it goes back to, like, that guy in the bar that just takes too far. Well, why don't we go kill that guy and take his money? It's like, we're not talking about that. No. You need to drink a glass of water. Get out. (laughs) Eat that can of beans. (laughs) Well, what do you say, Dad? I guess. I say uh, I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Wait, is there a way to timestamp this so people know we just recorded it? What happened today? Hold on. Hot piece oh, yeah, of you news. Gotta, you gotta hold up the New York Times and a Coke. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, here you go. The Cubs win the World Series. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. That fucking building collapsed in uh, Miami. Oh, I got, I got a timestamp for you because Ash told me about it before I started. And it is fucking horrifying. But it also has some a little bit of JP stink on it. Love it. So it just happened today. Spider tag. A guy is well, it's way worse. It's even scarier. Uh, so there was a fight that broke out between two fucking of the costumed panhandlers. Mm-hmm. So I imagine, you know, soiled, soiled Elmo, Mario, and then yeah. Mario and Bucktooth Superman fighting <laughs> yeah, right. over territory. Sure. One of them pulls out a gun. <laughs> oh, no. Shoots it. Oh. It ricochets off of something. And hits this guy leaving his fucking hotel. Oh, killed him? Or just yeah. does Oh, and of my course, God. He's a fucking Marine. He served our country and didn't take a fucking bullet in Iraq. He took it from fucking the naked cowboy. Took it from Pokemon. Oh, shit. That is 
I was like, that is awful. And then Ash and I just were like, everyone, like we talked to with Trish, old New York, man. Times Square is getting fucking gross. That is, I'm sorry for that guy and his family. Isn't that fucking everything, the worst thing in the world? But there does bring a little JP stink of thinking like, you're like, those guys are fucking gross, but they're also packing fucking heat. They're, and that's where I was like, to the point of they're going to murder each other. You got Pikachu. That's going to push, you know, fucking Waluigi in front of a subway train because it got, he, you know, he took my 10 bucks. Oh, man, there was one time. I'm the Nintendo guy on 43rd. There was a time where Mario sidled up to me and like, Meg just took a picture. Like, I wasn't like, there's Mario, take a picture. And the thing is, Mario sidled up to me and the it, it was a bad costume. So the entire mouth yeah. was open so I could see the. Just that whole, no, the whole face. And I just started crying (laughs) laughing because it was just such a perfect opposite of, you know, the cuddly nature of what a furry would be. And she's just got this beautiful picture of me laughing. And then I wish she took the next picture because that was me walking away as the guy like grabbed my shirt because I didn't put a dollar in his mushroom bucket. Oh, it's like you learn the hard way. Like, you don't stop. Take put your phone away. He tries to give you a CD. Don't touch it. If he no, puts it in your God, hand, no. set it on anything that yep, is not yep. like, like I a hot don't, potato. don't open it. I don't want it. I don't want it if it's free. You're not getting tipped. That's it. You sing me a song, Naked Cowboy, and you do it for fucking free. Oh, that Naked Cowboy. What do you think? Net worth Naked Cowboy over under? I think he looks like a bean on the stove, man. I bet he's got a couple. Yeah, but he's got a hundred k in the bank. <laughs> a bean on the stove, man. All right, Casey, give me a number. I bet I can find it here. Let's end with this. Naked cowboy net net worth worth. Love those net worth searches. I'm gonna go one one hundred fifty k. Where am I over under? Where am I at? You are fucking. Under, according sure under to this website, the Naked Cowboy is worth $4 million. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That is fucking more. He's worth more than a G League basketball player? When we looked that up, that's more I than Steven Seagal's net worth. Oh. Steven Seagal hops out of that fucking Mario costume and gives <laughs> him a what... chop. <laughs> Hits him with that cue ball in the bar rag. By the way, I got to recommend this to everybody. Did I, I don't know if I already did this. It's on Netflix. If you want, don't watch Fast and Furious 9, just watch Under Siege. That is oh, yeah. one of the best fucking movies. So it holds up perfectly. It what is do we got? Busey? Busey. Tommy Lee Jones? Amazing Tommy Lee Jones. Steven Seagal, a woman that took me right back to my mm. uh, childhood. It is... OG Bay Watch. A fucking... Perfect move, perfect action movie. I'm not even being facetious. Go back and watch it. It's it's that should be everybody's movie tonight. She hops out of that cake. Oh, in I that know. Military it. outfit. She has. That was a two watcher. I watched that through. You oh, just put that baby back in. That baby went right, paused at that spot, right on top of the VHSs next to that side boob from Dances with Wolves. <laughs> Under Siege. Under Siege. I love it, and there's nothing I can do about it. No, you cannot. Hey, hey! <laughs>
I think I like Tommy Lee more than Seagal in that one. Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. It was the final voyage of America's mightiest battleship. What's on this helicopter? This little sweetheart. Miss July 89. God, I love this business. I love you. The party was wild. Love you today. They really knocked them dead. Imagine this arsenal of tactical nuclear weapons falling into the wrong hands. The Pentagon never did. Four minutes ahead of schedule. Damn, I'm good. Now, a team of terrorists have taken over. Wake up the president. But there's just one thing they didn't count on. The cook. Like some special forces guy or something. No, I'm just a cook. Oh my god, we're gonna die. This is not the work of a cook. I want you to coordinate your efforts with us. Yes, sir. I see that you completely disobeyed my orders. Roger that. Ryback is an ex-seal. Expert in martial arts. Explosives. Stand back! Weapons and tactics. I also cook. The Nimitz is tracking two tomahawks just launched from the Missouri. Where are they headed? Honolulu. Happy trails. Steven Seagal. I know you, don't I? Tommy Lee Jones. Been a long time. I'll see you in hell, Santa Boy! Under Siege.